This morning's reading comes from Mark, starting at chapter 5, verse 21, through to chapter 6, verse 6, and is taken from the message. And it's titled, A Risk of Faith. After Jesus crossed over by boat, a large crowd met him at the seaside. One of the meeting place leaders named Jairus came. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his knees beside himself as he begged. My dear daughter is at death's door. Come and lay hands on her so she will get well and live. Jesus went with him, the whole crowd tagging along, pushing and jostling him. A woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of physicians had treated her and treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before had heard about Jesus. She slipped in from behind and touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. The moment she did it, the flow of blood dried up. She could feel the change and knew her plague was over and done with. At the same moment, Jesus felt energy discharging from him. He turned round to the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said, What are you talking about? With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking, Who touched me? Dozens have touched you. But he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling knelt before him and gave him the whole story. Jesus said to her, Daughter, you took a risk of faith, and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. While he was still talking, some people came from the leader's house and told him, Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher any more? Jesus overheard what they were talking about and said to the leader, don't listen to them, just trust me. He permitted no one to go in with him except Peter, James and John. They entered the leader's house and pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story and neighbors bringing in casseroles. Jesus was abrupt. Why all this busybody grief and gossip? This child isn't dead, she's sleeping. Provoked to sarcasm, they told him he didn't know what he was talking about. But when he had seen them all out, he took the child's father and mother along with his companions and entered the child's room. He clasped the little girl's hand and said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And at that, she was up and walking around. This girl was 12 years of age. They, of course, were all beside themselves with joy. He gave them strict orders that no one was to know what had taken place in that room. Then he said, give her something to eat. He left there and returned to his hometown. His disciples came along. On the Sabbath, he gave a lecture in the meeting place. He made a real hit, impressing everyone. We had no idea he was this good, they said. How did he get 
so wise all of a sudden, gets such ability. But in the next breath, they were cutting him down. He's just a carpenter, Mary's boy. We've known him since he was a kid. We know his brothers, James, Justus, Jude and Simon, and his sisters. Who does he think he is? They tripped over what little they knew about him and fell, sprawling, and they never got any further. Jesus told them, A prophet has little honor in his hometown among his relatives, on the streets he played in as a child. Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything there. He laid hands on a few sick people and healed them, that's all. He couldn't get over their stubbornness. He left and made a circuit of the other villages teaching. Amen. Thank you, Mark. So what struck me about um, that reading was the very different approaches, the three very different approaches in the stories. And um, there was the woman who was desperate, Jairus who was trusting, and then his hometown who just really couldn't care less. They were a bit ambivalent about the whole thing. So I'm just going to focus in on that uh, for a moment. So the woman was so desperate to be healed. She tried everything. Nothing had worked, and now she had no money left for any more treatments. She'd heard about Jesus and the miracles he performed. She was probably embarrassed by her problem, continual bleeding. It's not the kind of thing that you talk about in public. But she was convinced that if she could just put a finger on his robe, that she could get well. And she did. So this begs the question, are you desperate to be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually? Do you need to stretch out your finger and put it on Jesus' robe today? After Jairus was told that his daughter was dead, Jesus said to him, don't listen to them, just trust me. So can we trust Jesus to do the impossible? Jairus did. He trusted Jesus to heal his daughter despite being told she was dead. So have you got an impossible problem? There's no way out that you can fathom. Have you lost all hope? My challenge to you today is trust Jesus. Lay it all on him in expectancy and trust him to deal with it in the way that he knows is best. And then we come to Jesus in his hometown. The local boy came home for a visit. And at first, hearing him speak in the meeting place, those who heard him were really impressed. The local lads made good. But then they began to think about it. Ooh, hang on. This is Mary's son. He's a carpenter. We've watched him grow up. Why should we listen to him? And the line in Mark's gospel that really amazed me um, when I read it was the fact that it said, Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything here. He laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. 
That's all. I mean, that sounds pretty amazing to me anyway. He laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them all. But clearly, in the context of Jesus, that really wasn't anything. That wasn't anything much. And then the reading goes on to say that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. It said in the message verse, and how stubborn they were, but in the, in the NIV it says that he was amazed at their lack of faith. Wow. So the question that comes to me here is, am I stopping Jesus from doing something in my life because of my attitude, because of my lack of faith? Are you stopping Jesus from doing something in your life? So we heard a couple of testimonies of her healing earlier. What was going through your mind as we heard them? What do you think of God healing today? So how do we approach Jesus? Is it with expectancy, like the woman who believed if she could just touch his clothes, she would be healed? Or would Jesus be amazed at our lack of faith in him? The people in Jesus' hometown, they knew him. They'd seen him grow up and they knew his family. They just couldn't get their heads around things or see beyond what they thought of as facts. Even though when they initially heard him speak, they were amazed at the things he said, at his wisdom and the remarkable miracles he was performing that they'd heard about. The people didn't like the thought that their local lad had grown up to someone special. They knew him. He couldn't be that special, could he? So do we let things that we know, the facts of what is scientifically possible, blind us to what is entirely possible for God? Believing Jesus heals today is one thing, but believing he can heal me, uh, that's a bit different, isn't it? It's a bit scary because, well, what if he doesn't? And how does this sit in this teaching? And does faith mean that we shouldn't bother with going to the doctor and taking medicine? No, absolutely not. For me, the big difference is this. Doctors and medicine can cure, but only God can heal. So you may be sitting there thinking, well, this is all very fine, Helen, but I am hale and hearty, thank you very much, and I don't need healing. And you may think this is true for you, but I'm going to venture to suggest that it is so not true, because God's healing is not just about the physical. When we meet with God, he not only deals with our physical being, but perhaps more importantly, our spiritual and emotional well-being. Time spent with God will bless you, make you feel loved, help you to dwell in his presence, give you inner joy, assure you of forgiveness, and help you to forgive others. You may have old hurts, and God will help you to release those. Some of them you might have pushed down for a very, very long time. But this is God's healing, and it is so much more than the physical and I dare to suggest is needed by everyone. If you think that you don't need healing, that you're all right, then actually you're probably the most in need. Sometimes God doesn't heal the physical, but will give us the mental strength to live with the problem. The Apostle Paul spoke about the thorn in his side, which he pleaded with God to take away. 
and yet he did not. And also, we have to recognize that one day we will all die, and that when we move from this life to the next, that is the final and ultimate healing. So today, we're going to come together corporately, and I hope expectantly, and ask God to come and to heal us in all his fullness, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Now, as we all know, anyone can have a quiet moment on their own with God in prayer and ask God to meet their needs. And you may be thinking, well, why do we need to do this all together in a big group? Well, it's been my experience that something very special happens when we pray expectantly together and wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord and asking him excitedly and expectantly to move amongst us by his spirit is something which we can't do in, five, in two minutes. So time is needed, and that's what we're going to do shortly. We're going to give God time to come and to do his stuff. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to ask God to have his way in us, that his kingdom may come in our lives. We're going to ask him to bring healing to our bodies, our emotions, and our soul. I will pray simply and ask that Father God, through Jesus, will send his spirit upon us, and then we will wait expectantly. You may want to hold out your hands as a physical sign of waiting to receive, or you may not. Either is okay. Um, so... As we now move into this time, my final words are to ask, are you like the folk from Jesus' hometown, too conscious of the facts of the impossibility of supernatural healing? Or do you have the faith and excitement in your heart like the woman who touched Jesus' robe? Do you believe that if you can just get close to Jesus, he will do something extraordinary in your life. Now is the time to step forward in faith. God is here. He loves you and me just because he does. He wants us to be whole emotionally, physically, and spiritually. His grace is enough. So let us be bold now and meet with him in expectancy. We're going to have some... Um, music played on the CD during this time. So, let us pray. Father God, as we come to you now, fill our hearts with a deep sense of your presence. We pray that your kingdom will come in our lives and that we might be renewed, restored, forgiven, able to forgive and healed emotionally, physically, and spiritually, so that we can become the people that you have called us to be, and to walk the path you have picked out for us. Father God, through Jesus, please send your Holy Spirit now amongst us. Please fill us with your Spirit that we are alive to your promptings, and all you want to do. Fill us that we can be the people you have called us to be, and that we can reach out to others in need. 
Fill us and heal us of pain and darkness in our bodies, minds and souls. Let us feel your presence and your amazing love for us as you come in power, pouring your spirit and love into each of us, filling us afresh that we might truly be whole and able to be a blessing to others just as you are blessing us now. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.